0: Welcome to Rhythm of Previews, where we check out the preview chapters of *Rhythm of War*, the fourth Stormlight Archive novel. I am Danielle with the Seventeenth Shard, and hi, I'm Marvin. Hi. As always, there will be *Rhythm of War* spoilers from here on out. Maybe some other Greater Cosmere references as well. What annotations has Brandon gifted us with? (laughs) Today.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. So chapter 11, as we know, was the first Wendy chapter in Rhythm of War. And uh, Bren actually called it like it's the first proper chapter of um, Rhythm of War now. And the ones we got before were sort of this climax for a hypothetical we got beforehand. And Bren actually noted that the Wendy chapters were only second only to the Shalan chapters in the amount of revision he had to do on them because he wanted to get the tone right and sort of he said that Wendy does not see herself as a hero as much as the other people or the other characters maybe do at this point because I mean they're in a special position, and he that instead Wendy's character is supposed to be more of a normal person being trapped in a strange situa- situation, like we got for the other characters at the beginning of their stories more or didn't even get so much for some of them, like Shalan always was in a special place or like in a special, and she always was a light eyes and so on. She wasn't always a normal person, things like that. And he stressed how emotionally. Wendley is not really about swearing ideals, and she feels like she's just the wrong person to be in that position that she's in. I think somebody else might be better suited, and I feel that sort of fits, because we know that Ashnai technically was uh, sought out by um, by Tamba, so it, she, she feels like she isn't really the right person to be uh, a Radiant, I guess. And he also noted that some people might not like the her chapters because of that, because she won't be as proactive as the other characters. And Brandon thinks or he was willing to take that risk because he thinks it made her viewpoint just much more authentic and realistic in a way, because not every character is somebody who wants to do stuff and be the hero of their own story and things like that. And Wendy is really sort of uh, the the... Archetype for that in the Somnite archive for him.
0: Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see her evolution as a radiant. If he's saying that now and her chapter was pretty interesting, then I feel like the build up to when she finally does, you know, speak oaths, if she does, which I would hope so, I think that that will be really fun to see.
1: Mm-hmm. And Brendan also mentioned that apparent or that the the why he had to do the revisions to her plotline will become more apparent in the future chapters. Mm-hmm. So I feel it's just like he, he did something there that uh, maybe when Just doesn't take as much of an active role, but we know that she probably will interact with some of the other characters. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably more, um, she takes the role of the reader in a way, maybe even a little. So she's more external Mm -hmm. to them and sort of sees what they are doing, but um, doesn't directly interact with with them maybe. So that is definitely going to be interesting to see.
0: Evolves, I'm, yeah. I'm very curious to see how he's going to handle the flashbacks, which we haven't seen mm-hmm. any yet. I mean, we know that this book was supposed to be an Ishonai book, and I I was like, How are we going to do that if she's gone? You know? And <laughs> a lot of people have that question. They're like, Isn't this gonna be a Venley book? So I wonder if these revisions might have something to do with that. Mm, probably and like integrating it- her story as well
1: brent actually pointed out that in like one of the updates that the flashbacks will be in part begin in part three so we'll first of all have some time until we get there but also i feel like that just shows that definitely something is going on with wendy's viewpoint maybe Mm -hmm. at that point and that he did or that it will change over the course of the book um or will become apparent why he had to do these revisions yeah
0: Well, let's get into this chapter. We can get into this epigraph for this chapter. Um, Navani, again, the Artifabrians to share their techniques rather than keeping everything super closely guarded. Um, Like they're using decoys, plated metals, and things to kind of obfuscate the the cage. And then um she's saying that if they share that information, it will enrich the lives of everybody. It won't keep everybody, you know, behind and it will help society in the long run.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like in the epigraph it really comes through that Navine is really quite quite salty that the Artifabrians are keeping their secrets uh, that close and are not willing to share in a time of war because like well, if not this time when else would they do that because it would just help their war effort to not keep the secrets and share them instead. And it really comes through in this epigraph that mm-hmm. Navani is not okay with that.
0: It also shows that Navani is thinking ahead um, as far as you know, uh, using technology for the war and the you know mm-hmm. battles and things so she's she's pleading with the art of fabrians and all of these scientists to share because they need to get ahead and they need to use these new fabrial to help mm-hmm. with society in general and with the war f- efforts and everything basically <laughs> that's, that's that's her her plan her master plan mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i feel like this serigraph also from a mechanical point of view we just get information i guess that fake metals or like decoys and plated metals do not interfere with the Fabrile. so i guess it's good to know that you mm-hmm. can sort of just make it look nice i guess and uh, still have it work so that's it seems like a lot of these fabrial
0: are are jewelry pieces as well mm-hmm. you know so maybe they're they're using that as a way to justify Faking people out with what kind of metals are being used. They're like, okay, well, this lady wants a gold one. So we'll just <laughs> the iron wires with gold or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot in that one, but it kind of wraps it up, wraps up her little message to the Art of Fabrians.
1: Mm-hmm. Or maybe she's just getting started. And- oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, and this is what we could have done already. And this is what we could have done <laughs>
0: All right, well, chapter 12, a way to help. So the group arrives back at Erythru and Kaladin really wants to be alone. He goes back to his rooms. Uh, In the midst of his agony, he hears an insistent knock on his door and it's Adolin. He's there to help Kaladin from being alone with his thoughts. He brings them to a tavern, a wedding celebration for Jor the Bouncer is going on and they meet Vale there. Um, They discuss Ilai, Radiant shows up as kind of like as a friend to talk to Kaladin about about Shallan, like kind of raising her concerns about Shallan. And then when Adolin returns to the table, they go through a little period of trying to set Kaladin up with some of the women um, because of his breakup with Lynn. And then um, Vale leaves to do some gambling and some drinking. Typical Vale. And uh, Kaladin tells Adolin that he was forced to retire. Adolin tries to work through it with Kaladin. He says, you know, my father's not always right, you know. So he's c- trying to be a good friend to Kaladin without pitying him. Uh, and then Rock shows up. He's inviting Kaladin to the Horn Eater Peaks with him. And Kaladin's tempted, but he just doesn't want to seem like he's childish running from his problems. So he ultimately, you know, wishes them well. And doesn't reveal that he was forced to retire to Rock. He wants Rock to have this good opinion of him before he leaves. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty, pretty rough, really emotional chapter. Um, yep. <laughs> even last um the last Kaladin scene that we saw where he was actually forced to retire to, you know, turn in his badge and his gun kind of thing. Um, this was worse for me. This one yeah. was really tough to read.
1: Definitely. Yeah. But well, despite being really like hard hitting and you know, yeah, sort of a down on this chapter in a way for Kaladin, I feel like it, it's just a really great uh, one of my favorite chapters so far in this book, simply because mm-hmm. it we all these previous chapters. I guess the f- previous Keladin wasn't quite as action heavy uh, either, but this one really focused on the characters and mm-hmm. how their relationship uh, ships, especially like Shalan, Adolin, and um, Kaladin's relationship, have has evolved over the last year. And it's just great to sort of catch up with them again and see what that they are really good friends and can talk to each other and yeah, support each other. It's really great to see that.
0: Yeah. It really shows um, Brandon's strength as a writer when he can write just a group of friends talking and it just Mm -hmm. be so full and you're just following it, like wanting to read the next sentence and nothing's (laughs) really happening. They're just drinking together and, 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 And yet we have so many emotions and so many different scenes even in this one tavern with like different different things that are going on. Really, really good.
1: Yeah, but oh god, the the beginning of the chapter is just when we, when Keladin is alone in his, in his quarters then and just has a total breakdown and is hyperventilating and like still isn't even around. So he's really alone at this point And mm-hmm. I really like how sort of, um, his quarters are also sort of reflecting his state of mind because mm-hmm. there's not much furniture and it sort of feels like an empty void to him. And that just is, is like he feels himself where, when he's alone and, uh, it was just a really powerful scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: They mentioned the agony Spren, um, which I think is a new mention of them, yeah. but it reminded me of in the prologue when we saw the anguish Spren and when Nivani was, you know, mourning. I was like thinking that why are they agony spread and not the anguish spread, but the agony (laughs) spread sounds more like a physical pain. Like he's actually in real pain. Anguish spread is more like a sadness, like a, you know, gripping sadness, but um, he's really, when he's alone, he can let his mask down. He can just kind of wallow in his pain. And then when Adolin shows up, he walks in the door and uh, it mentions that the agony spren are gone, but the exhaustion spren are still there and Adolin sees the exhaustion spren around him. So he can still hide that pain. He can still kind of compartmentalize it a little bit, but he's just so exhausted. and <laughs> Yeah, it's rough.
1: Yeah. And... I feel like uh, these that we only see this agonies right now, like we've had characters go to go through so much pain already before mm. this. And uh, this really goes to show that Ken is really struggling hard at this point. And mm. uh, we even get to see a new friend sort of just for to sort of exemplify his agony. And yeah, he's, It's really hard. And like early in the chapter, he talks about how he doesn't want the other Windrunners to feel bad when uh, he talks about how he feels and yeah, he just makes himself responsible again and Mm -hmm. again for all the people around him. And yeah, he just needs somebody to take care of him, I guess. And we see that in this chapter and that's really nice to see.
0: And we see his relationship with the Windrunners. He's as he's walking through, they're kind of trying to get his attention, maybe go and do something together. And he's like, I just can't, I can't. So he just puts this fake grin on his face. And it almost, I, I picture him like, like a painful, like he has a vein mm-hmm. in his forehead or something. Like he's, he's just like, just, just gotta go. I'm, I gotta leave. So he does the nod to his, his squires and his wind runners. And, and then it's interesting because later on when they meet with Shallan, in the chapter, he's he's almost jealous and like thinking about how lucky Shalan can just make a new face and make a new person and a new personality and become that for a little bit t- to hide behind that. So it's really sad. He's so lonely. Like <laughs> even amongst all of his friends, he's just alone.
1: Yeah. The, we actually had one genuine moment of happiness for Kaladin in this chapter where like the bridge four is making jokes again, and like I, I think the newly uh, bonded or like second ideal uh, Mm Raiden like Hera um, makes a joke to Rock and that actually gets a smile out of Kaladin there which only lasts for a very short moment Mm -hmm. and that I think it's just really nice to see that he can still feel happiness in a way and it is around his when he is around his Mm -hmm. friends and his uh, sort of crewmates and Yeah, they are just sort of his anchor, I guess, Mm -hmm. and uh, that he can still rely on. He just doesn't want to because he's skeleton and uh, like has a hard time realizing that. But um, yeah, it's good to know sort of that he has the support behind him that he could fall back on if he ever gets in a really bad uh, state again.
0: Yeah, and then his his bridge four. um, They're all kind of almost all advanced enough to have their own squire so he's like he's like a dad and all of his children are growing <laughs> up and and that's that's just adding to his loneliness mm-hmm.
1: yeah like basically everyone in bridge four is at this point has reached at least the second ideal so and then like- they
0: have um dab dabid i think mm-hmm. dabid who yeah. who is has that battle shock i think they called it and he just can't talk and he's helping Renarin and stuff. So, um, and Kaladin's equating himself with David, 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 I don't know. (laughs) David.
1: (laughs) And yeah. And I think Helene is the other one that, of course, Mm -hmm. hasn't, doesn't have a friend yet, which we saw in the Mm -hmm. previous Kaladin chapter, I think, Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, then there's finally is Rock, who is not a squire Mm -hmm. and he doesn't call himself a squire. And he's always says he's something else. And mm. of course at the end of this chapter we then see that Rock doesn't really like he feels an obligation to go back to his people and the mm. Hornita peaks and sort of um well at least what he tells Kelly is that he wants to take responsibility for having taken up a weapon and kills mm-hmm. killing somebody somebody with it. So yeah. <laughs>
0: And then Kaladin thinks to himself, like, I think that their whole way of determining, you know, a position by birth order is kind of silly, but he still respects that. And he still lets him, you know, have his his traditions and things. Yeah. But speaking of Kaladin's friends, we have Adolin having a nice good Mm -hmm. scene here. He's such a (laughs) sweetheart. I love him so much.
1: Yeah. yeah it's just lovely to see like uh, even just the entrance of adeline and we see okay uh, like first thing first thing that keller notes is that he is back uh or like he wears a colon uniform but it's actually embroidered and he mm-hmm. sort of enhanced it to look more fashionable and uh, yeah just for one it goes to show that adeline sort of has taken over some of his life again because in the previous books he always was sort of like under Delena and had to live by the mm-hmm. codes. And now he's actually High Prince and not direct, directly under Delena, I guess. So he takes more liberties again. And yeah, it's just that's cool to see. And of course, just Adel in general and Caledon, like that's just a perfect bromance, I guess, what they have there. And Kaladin just doesn't want to accept it, but he really should.
0: Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, their bromance is definitely something that has been a slow burn. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well about his clothing, I was wondering if Michael Whalen was given this brief of his clothing for the cover of the book because if you see on the back of the book, we have Adolin that was confirmed and he's got all this like embroidery, it almost looks like mm-hmm. the Fibonacci like <laughs> designs and stuff. And I was wondering if maybe that's where he got the decision to make his clothing look like that, which that's a lot of embroidery, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's Adolin, so.
0: (laughs) Um, and yeah, their, their relationship, Kaladin and Adolin, it, it did grow over a long time. Um, kind of like they were kind of a little spiteful of each other and then, um, grew into respect for each other and it reminded me the scene reminded me of the um word of brandon that <laughs> adolin and Shalan would be really kind of interested in a poly relationship and they would be open to it um but that kaladin wouldn't He would, that would be a little beyond him yeah, and, You
1: have to use the, the poly-triangle that we deserve. <laughs> yes, the
0: poly-triangle <laughs> we deserve, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm just going with the flow with how the books are going, but <laughs> I it definitely yeah. felt like Brandon was really leaning into this idea that they would be into it, but uh, Kaladin's kind of not so okay with it. <laughs> And then even when Kaladin's thinking about Adolin and how he's got this perfect messy hair and his personality so easygoing and, and he always looks so put together and everything. I just thought that was... And it reminded me a lot of when Shallan sees Yasta for the first time and is like girl crushing on her about like her stature and her, you know, assets and stuff.
1: <laughs> Definitely, Yeah. Yeah, and I mean we have once again Shalano, I guess Whale, being jealous of those assets, and uh, or not maybe maybe not even jealous, but like just impressed, I guess. Yeah, It <laughs> really comes through that. Like Whale also says, like she doesn't like her girls very smart or something like that. She r- rather mm-hmm. would have them be a little dumb because they're easier to impress. <laughs> impressed that way, and it's really coming through that we. That, yeah, at least whale and bay, probably all of Shalan is uh by at the very, uh,
0: yeah, at least curious, yeah. or uh, and, yeah, you know, exactly. she's able to appreciate the female form,
1: mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> yeah. So. I, I
0: really like that little <laughs> like, like we had hints of it and we had to get like confirmation from Brandon, like outside of the books, but he's really yeah. like. Writing this into the book now, like yeah. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. This is where, like, how he was writing Shalon, yeah. and then also with Adolin and Kaladin. I mean, I don't think he'll ever actually go through with the triangle. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. That's, but I feel like it's fun for the shippers. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I feel like this chapter shows that Kal- Kaladin and Shalon wouldn't have worked out as well because like Adolin is really, uh, he also says it. he wants to make uh, have her feel better. And he notices that she isn't fine, although mm-hmm. she always says it. And he says that Kaladin is exactly the same. And uh, yeah, that's just if Shalane and Kaladin would have gotten together, I feel it was just would have just been a downward spiral because they just have fueled each other's yeah. Um, issues. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kaladin just needs to find his Adolin. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> Poor he does. He really does.
0: But yeah, I mean, I really liked this scene because Shalan and Kaladin have a moment together where they're talking without Adolin present. And um, Radiant comes out, you know, with the blonde hair. And she shows up and she's talking to Kaladin like a friend on behalf of Shalon, like t- explaining to Kaladin what Shalan is going through. So they've definitely over the year... Developed their friendship to, to discussing you know their their mental health and um, things that they're dealing with and stuff, and so I thought that was really nice to see where they're at right now as opposed to a year ago. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and also we have that one little like just tidbit where the waitress wants to give Kaladin stronger Mm -hmm. alcohol or uh, something with alcohol at at all, and. Mm -hmm. Uh, like Wales stands up for him and sort of says, "No, he, the man said he doesn't want any orange. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just wants orange wine and not the strongest just stuff."
0: Orange juice in my head. <laughs> it's just <laughs> orange juice. <laughs>
1: it, it probably is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like t- some weird Rashan fruit that basically <laughs> is an orange. <laughs> yeah, and that uh, just really goes to show that because Kent thinks to himself that when he drinks alcohol, he gets in a Worse state and sort of just wallows in his pity a lot more and like, uh, that, yeah, it's it's not great for him when he drinks alcohol and so he'd rather not and
0: mm-hmm.
1: Shallan or Whale knows this and so goes ahead and says, no, please don't give him anything mm-hmm. to drink.
0: I really hope that their relationship and their trust in each other is going to be used for a good thing in the plot rather than something that might end up being tainted or taken advantage of or something because that would just stress me out so much because oh, yeah. <laughs> like if if something happens where it breaks the trust between them and they know so much about each other that would break my heart <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah no that's not sure what
0: and it's really showing like yeah he needs someone to lean on and he, he can't because of his pride. And it's showing that Shallan has Adolin to lean on. She can trust Adolin to take Vale and Radiant out drinking and while she rests, you know? And mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of showing Kaladin what he could have with a friend or a, a partner or something. So, it's so sad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we do see that, like, Sill is really concerned for him because she's actually the one who goes to find Adolin and take him to Keladin. Mm-hmm. and sort of. Uh, I don't think Adolin needed much convincing that he uh, should go to Keladin, but these like Sill went to him, mm-hmm. and I feel like Pattern and Sill sort of take a similar role there in a way. I guess Sill at least outwards cares a lot more because she like she able to express that, while Pattern is more. No, he always has to put it into logical terms, I guess. But uh, we also have like Sil and uh, no, sorry, Pattern talking here about how he wants to seek out the Ardens, maybe because they are the ones who are take care of the mentally ill people in the Russian mm-hmm. society, and uh, he also is concerned for Shalan's mental mm-hmm. health. And yes, I think that's just good to see that this friend. Want to take care of the humans and it's not just like the other way around <laughs>
0: yeah just, it's a true friendship rather than just mm-hmm. a partnership like yeah it's a they really care about their their radiance <laughs> <laughs> and pattern really didn't have a lot to say in this but he had some really cute little parts <laughs> like when they're talking about um where do babies come from? <laughs> and and they're like, oh, pattern. Just ask Shalon where they come from. And he's like, oh well, she'll just change colors like a sunset or like an infected wound <laughs> Some of her blood, <laughs> which I thought that was really cute. Like mm-hmm. he always has something witty and funny to say without yeah. knowing that he's being funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely, yeah.
0: And then when they were trying to hook up Kaladin with the girls oh. and Adolin and Shalon were going off of each other and, well, not Shallan, I guess it was Vale who was doing it, but Vale was like, oh, check out the legs on that one or whatever. <laughs> and they're talking about how they're tall. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I feel like... Uh, at least Bren sort of wanted to channel that like there's that stereotype or I guess joke just that all tall people know each other and must like each other. And I feel <laughs> like Bren is quite tall. I think he's like six foot three or yeah, something like really that. Yeah, he's really tall. So, and uh, yeah, I think he just wants to put that in there because Karen, of, of course, is freakishly tall and mm-hmm. yeah, he could can probably relate to that in some way that like people always want to Just because you're tall, you have to have something to talk about. It's just a little fun. I don't know. I
0: I wouldn't know (laughs) what the tall people talk about. I assume the weather or something because, you know, we we, we talk
1: (laughs) about all the secret stuff that you can't see.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm like super short. (laughs) Yeah, that was a really funny one. And then when they were talking and Vail's checking out this girl's like chest and she's like, Mm -hmm. oh, she's definitely wearing some padding. And (laughs) Adeline's like... Mm, no. And then, no, and then she was like, "Oh, you dated her, didn't you?" And he's like, "I'm not going there." It was so good. if like this whole conversation felt so natural. I felt like I was sitting yeah. there at the at the table with them. Definitely, yeah.
1: It was really and good. What I actually found interesting about that, like when she notices that they, that woman is well endowed, that. uh we know that when Shalan created the radiant personality, she actually did Mm -hmm. sort of boost her own chest a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of, and she could do that at any point technically as Vale too. And it's just, yeah, fun to note, I guess that uh, like she's jealous of that in a way, although Mm -hmm. she could always just sort of conjure up uh, these like. uh, Well, I think it fits
0: because it's really Vale who's, Saying mm-hmm. these yeah. things, and Vale can't really control her look, but we do know, actually, from this chapter, that Shalon still can adjust what they look like. So she gave radiant blonde hair so that people would be able to tell who who she is at that moment. And so Shalon could change them, but it's she's just giving Vale this personality of being like, "Man, I'd have to eat six chills to get to that size <laughs> or whatever." So. <laughs> It's, it's more like Vale's just making a comment about it just to cheer Kaladin up, not that she's yeah. actually wanting to look like that.
1: <laughs> True, yeah, yeah. And I I feel like Vale is just. She's just such a different character from mm-hmm. Trellan, and it's mm-hmm. really good for them as a as or the three as a person i guess to mm-hmm. sort of have these different people and it's also i guess it's it's kind of great and not so great for adeline to be married to such a woman because like he has a drinking buddy in her and mm-hmm. also has his loving wife uh, sort of in the same person i guess that's
0: but I think for their friendship, friendship with with kaladin as well i think veil vale is also used to kind of put kaladin at ease where mm-hmm. he feels like he can just hang out with them and that she's not just like oh you know a woman or something she's just <laughs> a buddy of theirs that they yeah. can drink with so and then when radiant shows up they have a different kind of relationship because radians R- Radiant's telling kaladin about lie and that it was a murder and it wasn't a suicide and that it's someone that's close to them. And so then the tone changes and Mm it becomes more serious. So I think Vale is there to lighten up their relationship. And then Radiant is there as a friend to kind of bring things more serious.
1: I guess sort of just Radiant has a stronger sense of duty and sort of, I guess it's just more honorable in a way mm-hmm. than both Radiant and and so uh, that of course fits with Kaladin's whole personality who's all about, like he said, even says uh, he wants to follow Delina or the strict interpretation of the codes as long as Delina does and yeah it's just, he's
0: mm-hmm. a prude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Adolin has his version of the codes and he at the beginning of the books he's like kind of annoyed with them and he follows them because his dad is telling him to, but he doesn't really like it. But now he has his own way. He still wears the uniform, but he does his own little, I don't know, embellishments to it. And then um, I think that that also helps with Kaladin because Kaladin is almost like a brother to Adolin at this point. And so he's showing him like, you know, my dad's not always right. And that's what he said to him when, when they talked about him being, you know, relieved of duty, he says, you know, my dad doesn't always make the best decisions. He's not the end all of, you know, decision making. And he, so he's kind of trying to um connect with Kaladin over that rather than, you know, pitying Kaladin or making Kaladin feel like, you know, more sad than he already is.
1: <laughs> Although I do have to disagree with Adrian here because I think what. Kellen, I decided there was the right decision because mm-hmm. putting him further or putting Kellen out on the field again would not end well. But yeah, I, I can definitely see that Adolin is just really trying to be supportive here and mm-hmm. Kellen, Kellen even uh, noticed it himself that like he was outsmarted by Adolin there and uh, he didn't even notice. So
0: yeah,
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. is just an all around great person. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, and then with Kaladin, he even agreed that Dalinar was right. I mean, he Mm -hmm. does feel like he shouldn't be out there if he freezes and puts his men in danger. So, I mean, at least he's, he's accepting it. And he, I mean, it's really rough for him, but he understands why, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's still like, you know, he, he, that's not going to change his own, his whole personality. And and the fact that he is suffering from depression.
1: Like another thing I noticed with Adolin here, and like which you also already sort of hinted at, is that he is much more outgoing in a way, or like he wants to. He's a leader of the people, I guess, mm-hmm. because he really he's first of all the tavern that they're in is not one of the more um, upper class ones, but instead uh, like I guess a normal one that light, uh, Dark Eyes go to as well, mm-hmm. and so. Um, he really goes to length to show that he cares about his people and talks to all of them. Like he even knows the bartender and sorry, not the bartender, but the uh, bouncer is what uh, Chaw Mm -hmm. is. And so, yeah, I feel that just um, fits with him. Also saying when like Caledon says he should have finally bonded his friend and should finally dismiss his blade because uh, that makes it easier for him to find a, bond of his own and then he vehemently says no he will mm-hmm. not get rid of Maya and he will take care of her and I feel like that's just very very strongly hinting at mm-hmm. him going through with uh, reviving her and really mm-hmm. achieving that goal at the end because like these uh, the edge dancers really were the uh, the oh, the order that went among the people and took care of them and That really just fits with with Adolin's personality Mm. so much. And this chapter just uh, solidifies that for me.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a little weird because they're talking about Maya and Kaladin was there and saw Maya in Shadesmar. And I don't understand why he doesn't really appreciate her significance to Adolin. And like, it's been a year, doesn't he know that they have some kind of a connection there and 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 not only that adolin can summon her faster than 10 heartbeats and it can communicate with her like why isn't he more interested in him reviving maya it seems it this this part just seemed a little strange to me i feel like maybe adolin might want to have been truthful with kaladin about maya
1: yeah, either that, or maybe he just has stagnated with like, mm-hmm. because if nothing more than like summoning her fast uh, happen happened in this one year, my calendar thinks, okay, you did, or you did your best. You gave it a try, but it doesn't really work. So please mm-hmm. just dismiss it and bond a real sprint. I guess this is mm-hmm. maybe what might have happened, but Yeah. Can only guess at this point, because I do feel that Ka- Adolin wouldn't keep that a secret from Kaladin or yeah. Shalan because like they, they were there in Shadesmar when they bonded uh, more and it would be weird for them not to share that mm-hmm. information because it, it might also be like, maybe they haven't realized it yet, but it is probably the key to reviving Spren in general or like Dead Eyes. So um, yeah. That's information to her, uh, that better be shared.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've always been an advocate for a Normie Adelin, <laughs> and he definitely has something going on with Maya. So I do understand that but i i really don't want him to just like give up on that and just bond a sprint which i say that like just bond a sprint but Mm -hmm. you know we see (laughs) so many people doing that now adolin is special in some kind of way i don't know i really like Adolin. i love reading about him and stuff Mm -hmm.
1: and i feel like maybe we don't know what Reviving a sprint is really like, mm-hmm. and maybe it does change them substantially. And mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't be a normal radiant sort of a search binder, search binder uh, that Aiden becomes. So I feel like he, or maybe he doesn't even achieve fully reviving Maya, and instead it just sort of shows the way for others to do it, and might also be a solution to it. Because I do think, or oh, I agree, that Aiden really is sort of the yeah normie in the group thus far and he really fits that role as well because he doesn't uh, like he has points where where he feels like he's not worthless but of less worth than the others because he doesn't Mm -hmm. have magical abilities but then he like he pulls out oh we can go to my i don't know taylor in uh, colina and seek shelter there so he's resourceful in other ways Mm -hmm. and yeah and, and I he's kind of mind. accepted
0: it too because yeah I know I know at first he was like kind of fighting with the idea like all my friends are radiants and I'm <laughs> not but he's kind of just accepted it. Even his brother is radiant and he's not and he's supportive yeah. of that. That's just Adolin, that's just his personality. He supports mm-hmm. his friends. So and his brother.
1: Mm -hmm. so i wouldn't be surprised if he becomes an edge dancer but i also wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't so
0: if he does something something new maybe yeah
1: everything that Aiden does is just great so
0: and i love that he's on the (laughs) cover because that means that he's important (laughs) 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 to me (laughs) (laughs) and then um after they do all of this this heckling and stuff of kaladin with the with setting them up after he broke up with lynn and stuff when adolin leaves radiant shows up and they have this conversation about shallan and then is it that shallan or not shallan Vale leaves and then he and, and adolin are talking or was that before
1: it was then i think like adolin came back and what was it I can't
0: remember. <laughs> it's been three yeah. hours since I read. The I shop. know. <laughs> We're just going out of order on our notes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Rock shows up at at the table, and and Kaladin's like, "Oh, not right now. I can't mm-hmm. deal with it right now." And I'm like, "What is he? What is he complaining about?" Yeah. Apparently, Rock wants him to go with him to the Hornader Peaks, and he in, he extends this invitation to Kaladin. And he doesn't, I guess he doesn't realize at this moment that Kaladin is dismissed. So Kaladin's like, ah, I can't, I can't run away. I can't uh, go with you. I have to stay here and, you know, stick with Dalinar. Yeah,
1: and uh, Kaladin also thinks about how he sort of he w- isn't really behind Rock's decision to go back to the peaks and sort of feels like he would mm-hmm. just be a hindrance to him and Make him feel bad, I guess, about uh, leaving them behind again and going back to his people. So, yeah, it's just all around a better decision for Kaladin or yeah. in his eyes to stay there. And I guess just from a plot point of view, he sort of has to stay there because we do know that Brandon has planned that Hornet novella that mm-hmm. might have been actually the one we got for in between Oathbringer and Rhythm of War, but it's now probably going to be the one between... Rhythm of War in Book Five. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is just set up for that. so we'll see what exactly will happen at the hornuda peaks. um and I guess rock won't have as much of a, uh, as much of a role, if mm-hmm. any, at all in this book.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because they say in the end of the chapter that Rock is leaving forever, and they have a really touching goodbye mm-hmm. where Rock is teasing him a little bit. He's like, "Oh, you airsick lowlander," <laughs> and then, and then right after that, he does that, he gives him a very um, unique bow, I guess, some kind of really, um, I don't know, significant bow. And, and he hugs him and when he pulls away, he's crying and he's like, thank you. And he's thanking him for saving his life at Bridge Four and everything. So he's definitely, I, I'm pretty sure he's definitely gone for this book. But yeah. he did say that Cord and Gift, his children, are going to remain. So um, we'll probably still get some of that Horn Eater um, culture still through Cord and possibly through Gift.
1: Yeah. And like he talks about how, um, GIF would pro, or will probably fight if it's, if it's necessary and how that's his own decision. So. Rock, like while he at least outwardly feels like he has this union to his tradition of his people and has to go back, he doesn't want to impose it on his children. Mm-hmm. And we already saw like in Oathbanger, we know that I think gift is a warren or it's like warren and court might be as well, or something else you might follow the passions or something like that. So mm-hmm. he really wants to sort of let that sh- his children live their own lives and that's and, just yeah
0: and he even acknowledged that that cord finds the traditions to mm. be kind of silly and he's yeah. okay with that he let lets cord you know make her own decisions mm. about things so so that's that's sad that he's gonna be leaving because he's such a fan favorite yeah but i think that this this last little scene with him was really nice at closure for their kind of relationship where he's thanking Kaladin and Kaladin is, you know, so sad and stuff already. And <laughs> now he has to deal with, you know, his friend leaving, but seems like he's acknowledging it and allowing it to not take over.
1: Yeah. And I mean, at least we are probably going to get a whole novella that's focused on rock. So yeah, that's a good okay. consolation. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> But actually something I was want to say just about Rock, because mm-hmm. in his um, his chapter in Oathbringer, like when we get all these Bridge 4 chapters, he actually talks about how he's lying to the rest of Bridge 4 and not telling them the whole mm-hmm. truth about um, like what that means that he now is the birth order has changed mm-hmm. again. So I wonder just how much he... Told, uh, told them after or in this intervening year, and how mm-hmm. um, maybe like even Kelladin here at the end, how much of the truth he told him there? Because yeah, just I f- I think Rock might even qualify as like the firstborn at this point because mm-hmm. like we don't know exactly know what happened to his brothers but, uh, or other brothers, but we do we do know that he moved up one spot at least. So maybe he's just hiding stuff from them and maybe sort of becoming the clan leader or something like that back in the Horn of the Peaks now because uh, he is the firstborn now. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see, I feel.
0: Yeah, um, and it is implied in this chapter that Kaladin was thinking, like, is he going to his death? Because Rock is talking about how he has to go and accept justice for what he's done and stuff. And and Kaladin almost seems like he's, like, is he? is he just turning himself in just like that. And I don't get it, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. when he's thinking like this birth order thing is really dumb, (laughs) but I just have to let him do his, his thing. These are his traditions and his beliefs. So, so that was chapter 12. It was a way to help, which we as readers can see a way to help. (laughs) Paladin is being stubborn and Mm -hmm. doesn't want to accept any help. Yeah. So you can find all of these preview chapters at 9 a.m. Eastern time. They're on tour.com And we'll let you know on 17 thshardcom right at 9 Eastern when they come out. And you can discuss them on our Discord. You can discuss them on our forums, um, in the comments. Please talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See you next week.